The fake news is out in full swing, baby. The fake news is out in full swing, and don't you just love it when the mainstream media are conspicuously lying too? Now, this used to be a radical conspiracy theory in which if you dared stated that the mainstream media was corrupted and perhaps in touch with the elites, you would be banished out of society, you would be called a radical person. But now it's very clear to see. The mainstream media is not on your side at all. They never have been, they never will be. The incentives are so skewed. When you're getting tens of billions of dollars from pharmaceutical companies, do you really think they're going to report truthfully in relation to perhaps vaccinations or important pharma-related products? Well, the truth of the matter, they're not, and it's really clear over the past few years that the media is not there to find the truth most of the time. Instead, specifically in the US, this is very clear, they're there to push an agenda. But even institutions such as the BBC, which claim to be impartial, they really fail to do so. They conspicuously have a narrative in relation to climate change. And they will not report on the other side of the climate issue, namely the fact that there's been a 40% greening since the 60s in consideration of the fact that CO2 is plant food. They will not report the fact that there's been a 98% reduction within climate-related deaths. It's thanks to the climate mastery benefits of fossil fuels in which are ultra-cost-effective and efficient forms of energy as power powering the machines and this productivity growth is characterized by irrigation systems, sturdy building, and housing. The mainstream media is not here to save you, that is what I'm saying. And smart people have realized this already, and society is changing. And at the end, after we watch this video, we're going to take a look at the church in the 15th to 16th century, in which experienced a similar fate to the likes of CNN and the radical institutions of our day, whom cannot be trusted. So according to this report, is Big Pharma, O'Keefe hitting camera, shows that Fox producer admitted Dominion corporate demands to fire Tucker Carlson. James O'Keefe's newly minted O'Keefe Media Group, OMG, has released new undercover footage showing a Fox News producer admitting that host Tucker Carlson's firing was tied to the Dominion voting system lawsuit, as well as big farm pressure campaigns. When it's corporate media, you are beholden to advertisers. We take money from Pfizer, he stated. He was later confronted over the phone by James O'Keefe, on the matter, let's take an issue and t let's take a look at what the man said, and we shall investigate later on. And also check out what Robert F. Kennedy stated in relation to this issue, and which I think is a very interesting candidate, despite the fact I disagree with him on many issues. Let's check it out. $144 million to settle that. Oh, that was with um, like the it. Dominion yeah. company. What happened with that? Like, they gave him money, so they weren't part of it. They say it wasn't part of it, but we're learning that Tucker getting fired was part of that. Tucker getting fired was part of the Dominion lawsuit? Was part of the settlement. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, it's either Pillow Guy or it's brought to you by Pfizer, right? It's like, yeah. it's yeah. Big Pharma. Yeah. Which is well, crazy because, like, we would do all this stuff about COVID vaccines, and we're getting money from Pfizer. We're getting what? And we're getting money from Pfizer. Yeah. Well, I mean, Big Pharma, Big Tech. You know, you're talking about like the shady players, like your buddy Michael Rosa, like that he's the one who's crafting the minion's message. That's a whole story in and of itself. OMG News has obtained incendiary footage of a Fox News producer talking about Tucker Carlson's departure, the Dominion settlement, and the influence that advertisers and pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer have over the embattled network. Fox News Media, America's News, and much more. $144 million to settle that community. Oh, that was with um, the Dominion company. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. How did, what, what, what happened with that? Like, they gave him money, they learned part of it. They say it wasn't part of it, but we're learning that Tucker getting fired was part of that. Tucker getting fired was part of the Dominion lawsuit? part of the settlement. Well, so did Tucker leave, or did you guys part ways, or Tucker was yeah. ousted? Yeah, he was ousted. It is so simple to see that the mainstream media is not here to find the truth. If anyone crosses the line, if anyone questions, if anyone does what journalists are actually meant to do, and which is find the truth and hold those high officials to account, then you are banned or you're kicked out of the organization. And it just tells you how terrible and how untrustworthy media is. And never before in the history of the world has mainstream media had such terrible ratings. They're terrible. You can't trust these fools. Well, he bought up things that cost him a lot of money. Cost he, the company a lot of money? Yeah. And that, that was part of it. Like, he was going to go after this, this whole thing about January 6th. Oh, yeah. was, no. It was an inside job. He went after this guy, Ray, he said was an FBI agent on the inside. Right. He encouraged it. They, he's gonna go on the air and what that guy said on 60 Minutes. And the Murdochs were like, you know, not right now. <laughs> the other thing with Tucker that is interesting is everyone's a friendly, or at least so many viewers and money like last show. There are a bunch of advertisers that said we're not gonna advertise that 8 o'clock hour. So now that he's gone, they're starting to come back. Sean, a Fox News insider, says that not only Tucker's reporting on January 6th cost the network a lot of money and made the Murdochs unhappy, but Sean goes on to talk about the pressures of advertising and the influence of Big Pharma on the embattled network. And this is why, by the way, during COVID-19, I was so concerned as to how we can question things that were going on or the policies in which were being implemented. And this really shows you the power Big Pharma has when it comes to pushing their agenda, pushing their policies, and the ability to really mass influence the crowd. And when you're not allowed to question things, I think we can clearly see over the past few years, one falls into tyrannical mess. And I think it's very, very disgraceful, to be frank. And by the way, who after this, and after the report that came out just in the past few hours of John Durham, who wrote the report on Russia, 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 and Donald Trump, as to whom is now not going to be skeptical when it comes to election fraud or other issues within the nation, in which in consideration of the clear hoax for five years, five, six years, and which was conspicuously, conspicuously advocated by the Clintons, by Obama, by high-level organizations within our society. After all of this time, it turned out to be a total falsehood. Yeah, it's yeah. big pharma. Yeah. Which is well, crazy because like we were doing all this stuff about COVID vaccines and we're getting money from Pfizer. We're getting what? When you say that we take money from Pfizer, what did you mean by that? I never said we took money from Pfizer. I think you're putting words in my mouth. You said quote And we're getting money from Pfizer. Yeah. Well I mean big pharma, big tech. Dude, you're describing to me like the nature of the narratives, right? Like we have BlackRock and Vanguard who own everybody, yeah. right? They own CNN, MSNBC, Fox, you name it. That's what I was talking about, the self-censorship narrative. Media interest. You know, BlackRock and Vanguard are in your ear. They're like, you can only say up until this point of what the truth is, and then you have to start pushing propaganda. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, it's across the board kind of like that, or you don't want to piss off advertisers. 
Sean also told us about his buddy Mike LaRosa, who, according to his Twitter account, was the press secretary for Jill Biden. Michael LaRosa is now working for a PR company called Penta, whose primary client happens to be Dominion Voting. Sean says that no one has put this together. Well, we're certainly glad that Sean put it together for OMG and all of you. You look at those little connects and you're like, someone who worked for the Biden White House was liberally crafting a message for Dominion. So you're like, of course. So he left working for Joe Biden to start this PR firm or work with this firm. His sole client was Dominion. Doing their talk. It's like right from the White House to go to Dominion. So wow. When you know those little moving parts, you're like, everyone's shitty. Well, so. Left the White House to literally go take down the news outlet that was being unfavorable to his boss. No one's talking talking about that. You know, you're talking about, like, the shady players, like your buddy Michael Rosa. Like, what what is, you know, like, it's kind of public out there that he's, like, at this Penta group. He worked for Joe Biden. Put it together. said he was pulling the strings. What did you exactly mean by that? You know, like, with the... That he's the one who's crafting the media's message. He's running there. To who? To To the media. To the media. But no one's picking up on the fact that here's someone who used to work for Joe Biden. Joe or Joe? Or yeah. both. Worked, in the, worked, in, worked in the administration. Worked in the administration. By the way, what is really interesting in my opinion was Tucker Carlson's last interview. I believe it was his last kind of show in which he interviewed Robert F. Kennedy. He was a very interesting candidate. And despite the fact that I disagree with him on many issues such as his radical policies on climate change, I do think he's great at questioning things in which we need within our society more so. And according to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he stated that Tucker Carlson's breathtakingly courageous monologue in the wake of the Fox News departure tells you everything that you need to know about Tucker. Jr. just last week, who launched his campaign for the Democratic nomination for president, suggested that Carlson's Fox News exit came because of the host's recent monologue regarding pharmaceutical companies. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. weighing in on the bombshell announcement that Tucker Carlson has left Fox News, claiming on Twitter that the exit came because of the right wing's personality's breathtakingly courageous monologue about pharmaceutical companies. He stated in a tweet, Fox News fires Tucker Carlson five days after we crossed the red line by acknowledging that the TV networks pushed deadly policies in order to please their pharma advertisers. Furthermore, he also stated that Carlson's breathtakingly courageous monologue broke the biggest rule within TV. The fact that Tucker told the truth about how greedy the pharma advertisers are and how they control TV news and content. Let's check out this clip, Tucker Carlson and Robert F. Kennedy speaking together in their last interview. I believe this was kind of one of the last shows in which Tucker actually performed, but it shows you the fact that there is so much corruption and which is strife nowadays and which has become such commonality. And I think this is a sign of the times in which no longer is trust with the mainstream media going to be accepted, no longer shall people trust corrupted organizations and institutions such as the FBI or governments in general. And what is going to happen is a diminishing level of trust acceptance of these institutions. And instead, I believe, similarly to what happened in the 15th to 16th century with the church, we're going to see organizations change, the diminishing acceptance, the dissolving of large organizations in which prior to this point once had a huge influence. And we are honored to have him on our show tonight. He joins us now. Bobby, thanks so much for coming on. Um, So you are, of course, being dismissed as a vaccine nut, but watching your 
announcement today, it wasn't about pharma even so much as it was about America's place in the world and what do we do about it. If you wouldn't mind summarizing for our viewers where you think we are and what you think we ought to do. Well, I gave a long speech, Tucker, and thank you again for uh, having me on. Of course. And for that very kind of an introduction. Um, you know, they, I think that the general theme of my speech was this corrupt merger of state and corporate power, which has, uh, which has gotten, uh, which is turning our country into a corporate kleptocracy, into a system of socialism for the rich and this kind of a cushy socialism for the rich and this kind of brutal, um, merciless capitalism for the poor. Uh, it keeps us in a state of war. It bails out banks at the same time that it, it you know, this month, last month, the United States government told 30 million people it was cutting their welfare, their food stamp checks by 90%. It took, it took 15 million people off of Medicare. The same month it gave $300 million to the Silicon Valley Bank and tapped up the cost of the Ukraine war to 113 billion. We're sending 113 billion to the Ukraine. The entire budget of EPA is 12 billion. The budget of CDC is 11 billion. We have 57% of American citizens could not put their hands on $1,000 if they have an emergency. A quarter of our citizens are hungry. So we're cutting welfare and food stamps by 90%. And we're paying and we're bailing out the bankers. We're paying for a war that, you know, we we can't afford. And um, and with the way that we do this is by printing money. We've printed 10 centuries of money in the last 14 years. And that is that caused the inflation, which raises food, by which, which is a tax on the poor. Oh, you know, we've raised food prices for basic foods like chicken, dairy, and milk by 76% in the last two years. And now we're cutting people's food stamps and bailing out banks the same month. It, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And we need to get rid of this kind of corporate control of our government. It comes from uh, this, you know, it, 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 our, our democracy is devolving into kind of a corporate plutocracy. I, I would think that what you just said, and, I, and I'll just be honest, I agree with most of it, um, but even if I didn't, I would think, boy, that's a really interesting thing to say. You have a coherent worldview. You've written a lot of books on these topics. You clearly thought about it. You're not in for the money. So don't these issues deserve a wide hearing uh, before the public entering a presidential year? It seems to me that they do. I would think they would, and particularly the issues of war. And, you know, my son went over and fought in the Ukraine, as I said today. I think we're, you know, people, the, the major doyens, sort of diplomatic, the most respected diplomatic gurus like Henry Kissinger and Jack Matlock and Larry Wilkinson have all said the Ukraine war is a huge problem for our country because it, from a geopolitical standpoint, it's driving the Russians close to the Chinese, which is the worst thing for us. But we're there for the right reasons because we have tremendous compassion for the Ukrainian people and the illegal invasion, the brutality, and also their valor and their courage. My own son was serving over there. He joined a special forces unit as a machine gunner. He fought in the Kharkiv offensive. Americans care about the underdog. They care about that kind of suffering. 
But the question is, why are we in the Ukraine? Because Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, said that we're there to exhaust the Russians. President Biden has said that we're there to, to, to deplatform, to depose Vladimir Putin. And if that's why we're there, and we're killing a lot of Ukrainians as pawns in a proxy war between, between two great powers. Here's one last thing I would say. Nobody talks about this. There's 14,000 Ukrainian civilians who have died, but 300,000 troops. The Russians are killing Ukrainians at a 7 to 1 to 8 to 1 ratio. They cannot sustain this. What we're being told about this war is just not true. No, it's not true. And I would hope, despite the fact you criticize their advertisers, other media outlets would have enough respect for our country and for its voters to give what you said a hearing, because I think it's really important. And we're, again, grateful that you came on our show tonight. You're always welcome. Bobby Kennedy Jr., thank you. I've stated this so many times. What has happened to the conventional left, the Robert F. Kennedy-type people, who used to be focused on the dangers of corporatism, they used to be focused on the dangers of capitalism, these skewed incentives on which can occur within the case of Big Pharma, let's say. And two is the case when it comes to the transgenderism issue, in which you literally have young children from the age of five going on lifelong medication, which obviously is incredibly lucrative for these big pharma organizations. What happens to the left, who used to be concerned about the dangers of capitalism, about the dangers of greed, about the skewed incentives in which can occur, as we can see now within the case of big pharma. The left no longer cares about this. Instead, they have failed to question throughout COVID the skewed incentives on which can occur in consideration of Big Pharma's huge involvement and huge power. And two, when it comes to the transgenderism debate, they totally ignore the fact that these organizations are making tens of billions of dollars, perhaps soon to be a multi-billion dollar industry, or maybe even trillion dollar industry one day, in relation to kids, young kids going on these horrible products, which once again are incredibly lucrative and generate huge levels of revenue for these big pharma organizations. And this is coming, by the way, from a big capitalist, from someone who loves capitalism. It's the best system the world has ever created, but we need checks and balances. And people like Robert F. Kennedy used to be the people whom kept organizations in check and used to criticize these organizations when they crossed the line, but no longer is this the case. I don't know when the shift happened, but something has happened. The media is no longer on your side. And what does it mean when the media can no longer hold the governmental organizations, officials, high reputable people within today's society to account? What does it mean when the media is solely reiterating and parroting as to the narrative which is present within modern date? We need true investigative journalism back. But instead, when you really do investigate, as we've seen with Julian Assange, you're jailed for supposedly leaking secrets, despite the fact he's received zero charges to date. So I've made the analogy in the past in relation to the changing dynamics of society and the diminishing value and prevalence of mainstream media and two large governmental organizations. And I want to tell you about the history of the Catholic Church or the 15th century church in which acted as the central point for society, very similarly to the government today. And the church was basically responsible for agricultural development. It was responsible for architecture. It was responsible for being the meeting point within society in relation to commerce. Two, it was the place in which set the rules of society via notions in which were inspired supposedly by God. But post the Dark Ages, during this medieval period, the Industrial Age started to occur, in which led to a massive change within the institutions of the day. New technologies such as the printing press were introduced, which led towards the diminishing necessity for the church to act as the sole disseminator of information and education. Instead, now the printing press could do so. The mass production of books ended the church's monopoly on scripture 
and information. Wider book availability increased illiteracy. More people could contribute thoughts on important subjects, and it threatened the church's monopoly on theology and information. The dramatic change that happened 500 years ago, I believe, is going to happen again. The information revolution is going to destroy the monopoly held by governmental organizations and two, the monopolies which is held by the media. But this is where it gets interesting because this shift away from the agricultural age or the medieval, medieval period in which the church was the central point within society, this transition away in which led towards the vanishing acceptance and value of the church as the central institution within society, this transition was not smooth whatsoever. Instead, tyranny pursued, corruption was at the forefront, and I think we're seeing a very similar thing now. Corruption was strife when this transition was occurring. Church hung on to tyranny in order to regain power. Laws supposedly imposed by God were arbitrarily being created in order to retain the power. And the same is really happening now. The corruption, the lies, the tyranny, this is all a sign of the time. This is the sign of the time, and which indicates, I believe, a transition towards what I refer to as the information age, an age in which is characterized by the cyberspace, cyber economy, and sovereignty to the individual. What does it mean when you truly have sovereignty? No longer are you reliant on media organizations, the government, the nation state in order to fulfill your needs. Instead, now when it comes to media, this is the future of media, what you're watching now. The future of media is no longer these big black box organizations which have mysterious funders and push an agenda without actually telling you the truth. The future of media is raw podcasting, as we can see within the case of Joe Rogan or Russell Brand. The future of media is customizable, it's personalized. It's characterized really by one-to-one -one connection with the audience, which current mainstream corrupted media cannot do. But my point is, just like the medieval church, the governmental institutions and the media are going to cling on to power, uphold tyranny, in an attempt to retain the current order. Long gone are the days of the corrupted fake news, in which act as the main institution in which you gain your knowledge and your understanding. The trust, specifically for young people, where the mainstream media is at an all-time low. I very much do believe that, and COVID was the catalyst which was characterized by huge level incompetence and the failure to question the current narratives and policies in which are currently being implemented. So I really do believe that things are changing and changing for good to say the least. The media is not on your side. The revolution is here, whether you like it or not, and mainstream media is corrupted to the core.